0: I'm going to talk about the glory because Habakkuk 2.14 says that the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth even as Noah's waters covered the sea. And we can see right now that the only cure for the world today is God's glory being poured out. And so when you think about glory, we we, we don't need to go back to Genesis 31. You know, the very essence of Laban was what Jacob got very essence of God is what you got when you got born again. That Christ in you, the hope of glory, His essence is in you today. He gave you wisdom and revelation knowledge. He said the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. You'll know the hope of your calling. You know the riches of the glory of your the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of the power that's available to you. I mean, Luke 10, 19 says that you'll tread upon the serpent and scorpion over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But what we do as humans is we spend a lot
1: of time fighting the wrong enemy. Fighting people in the flesh instead of getting over in the spirit and realizing
0: where the real problem is. Your problem, God made it very clear, your problem is not ever with flesh and blood. Those principalities and powers. Then when you read Ephesians chapter 1, it says that that He's the head over all things, the church, we are his body. But he said he's the head of all power and might and dominion. Come on, every name that's named only in this world but that which is to come. And Ephesians two six says that you're seated together there with him. Romans eight eleven says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead
1: dwells in you. So you ought not to be pushed around by any devil. but you know but it's the
0: knowledge of the glory that's going to get us where we need to go. And really when I think about glory I think about power. I think about presence. I think about the anointing. His power is made available exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked upon Christ when he raised him from the dead. He said that's yours. That's mine. And so husbands fight with wives and people fight at work and all of that kind of stuff. It's principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness and the spiritual wickedness. And the devil, if he can find a button to push, he'll push you. But if you've got no buttons, no, no, if you just get up every day and say, this is the day that the Lord has made, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not going to get mad in it. I'm not going to get sad in it. I'm not going to be concerned about what He's doing because i got my eye on what God has done. Amen? So, so let's turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 9. So think about it. His power, His presence, His anointing.
1: Now, how many Christians do you know that are living that? Do you know any right now that are living
0: the fullness of God? No, but this is this is the end days church. How many of you got the prophecy that we sent out of Kenneth E. Hagin, the last one that we sent out? He was talking about you, talking about the end time church and the power, like the early church. The early church knew. Matter of fact, I've shared this with you before. When you go to Israel, I don't care where you go there, you go into those old old uh, churches and the old synagogues, and when you see pictures you see halos. One that really stood out to me is they were out fishing. The disciples were out fishing, and they had a halo drawn over each one of them. They didn't imagine that. Think about Moses in Exodus, Exodus, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. When he came down off the mountain, the Bible says that he had beams of light, shafts of light coming out
1: of his forehead. How many of you know you'd see that? you know, he put a veil over his face. Like when he was in the glory,
0: he came out reflecting the glory. And in that same chapter is where he says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and we are changed from glory to glory into that same image, into that same likeness. To me, that's powerful. Especially when I realize that there's nothing that I can do to make it happen
1: except to die. I know I need to die. Because if the glory was manifesting in me right now,
0: and, and you saw it, and I was doing miracles and signs and wonders, I said to the Lord a long time ago, I have passed the, the poverty test.
1: I have passed the failure test many times. But success is a dangerous thing. And so this glory cannot allow any ego. It's like the gifts of the spirit, you know,
0: you can operate in the gifts of the spirit, but your ego will quench everything. I remember Bill Prankert one time. How many of you know who Bill Prankert is? I remember one time he was sharing out at Rock Church, and he said, you know, when he first started his ministry, he had a little church in the country, and healings and miracles and signs and wonders started to take place. And they came in school buses full of bringing the sick to the church. But after a while, he got known, and they were picking up at the airport and limousines and opening doors for him and everything, and he got caught up in it, and the anointing lifted and, and never came back. Now, he's done some great things since, what he did in Siberia and northern Russia. is amazing, miracle stuff. But, but what I'm saying is,
1: if you want to move in the glory in this last day, just die. Romans 8, 19, all of creation is waiting for a manifestation of you,
0: the sons of God. And the sons of God act, act like Jesus. Jesus said, I do nothing on my own. Only what I see the Father do, this is what I do. And so it's, it's a life that's totally dedicated to God, not speaking your
1: own words, not doing your own thing. How's that ever going to happen? Well, again, just... Just die. Jesus said, if you love your life, you'll lose it. But if you'll lose it, you'll find it.
0: So now all of a sudden, I don't have an agenda. I get up and say, God, what is it that you would have me to do today? Of course, I've been saying that for years. I said, if you don't have anything to do for me, I'll go ride my motorcycle. <laughs> but anytime I ever did that, he went with me too. That's why I called it his knees. Oh, looking for the pastor. Where is he? He's on his knees. Hey. <laughs> Somebody said to me one day, he said, you're riding that motorcycle and people are going to hell. I said, well, you're judging me. People are going to hell too. What's the difference? No, people, people, we both needed to die. Anyway, Mark chapter
1: nine, verse one says this. He said unto them, verily I
0: say unto you, that there are some of them that stand here which shall not taste death till they have seen the kingdom of God coming
1: with power. Well, they're all dead now. So something must have happened that they saw then.
0: Then the next verse says, after six days. If you read it in Luke's gospel, I think it might say about eight days, but it's six days. You know, a couple of days on God's calendar are 48-hour days. But after six days is also significant in that a thousand years are but a day unto the Lord. And so he's prophesying what's going to happen with them, but he's talking 6,000 years down the road as well in this verse. After six days, after 6,000 years, Jesus took them up with him, Peter, James, and John, and led them up onto a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And so I've mentioned this before. I've been to a mountain over in Israel; they call the Mount of Transfiguration. But when you read it in the Greek, it says a mountain of his own. It wasn't on this earth. It was like it was like he stepped them over into another realm. And what he's so what he's what we're seeing here is what the last day's church will look like. He was transfigured, metamorphosis, metamorpho. He was metamorphosed. Metamorphosis had taken place in him, and he was totally different. The manifestation of the sons of God requires a metamorphosis. Matter of fact, again, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says you'll be changed. It's the same word, metamorphosis, that you'll be changed from glory to glory. So even right now, uh, you don't look like the butterfly. You're still the, the poly, you, you know, you're still the, the caterpillar or whatever. <laughs> I just want you to know that there's something going on in the inside of you, and you're going to morph into the image of Jesus, the sons of God.
1: That's his plan and his purpose for your life. And again, all we need to do is die. It's true. All, all we need
0: to do is live for each other instead of living for ourselves. Matter of fact, when you read the Hebrew word for love, for example, it said,
1: the the grammarica for the word is, I will give. I will give. For God so loved that he. So he's not just talking about finances.
0: He's talking about lust will take and love will give. And love is always looking to do somebody else better. And so, but, but this is, this is, again, I believe that we're the church that's going to do this, that we can get so wrapped up in other people that our problems seem minuscule. As a matter of fact, I, I know this from being in Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, that they always taught us, if you want, if you want something, give it away. If you want to stay sober, help somebody else stay sober. If you want to grow in the things of the spirit of God, help somebody else. And so now, now when I go to prayer, I'm not praying over my needs. I'm praying over yours. <laughs> I'm oblivious to mine and it's good. It's good. So he says he was transfigured before them and, uh, and, uh, his raiment, listen to this, his raiment became shining exceedingly white as snow like a fuller had washed them in the earth. Come on. Come on. This was, this brightness radiated through his clothing.
1: Arise and shine for your light has come. Isaiah 60. The, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you.
0: In the world, there's a darkness and a gross darkness upon the people, but God's glory shall be what? Seen. When Moses came down from the presence of God, everybody saw the light coming out of his head. Matter of fact, one translation says horns of light. It was like beams of beams of light were coming out of him. And he was in the old covenant and standing face to face with God. He's in you. And he's about to reveal himself. Read Corinthians chapter three, where it says that you are dead and your life is hid in Christ, and when Christ who is your life will appear, you'll also appear with him in the glory. We read over those verses, and we don't even get it. No, we do
1: get it. We're getting it right now. Amen. Maybe we'll go there. Remind me to go there. But for now, it says, His raiment
0: became a shining seating, seeding bright, and there appeared unto him Moses and Elijah. Come on. So he's obviously over in another realm. And Jesus said, I am the door. You'll go in and out and find pasture. You're encompassed the boat by a great cloud of witnesses, and they're not sitting
1: somewhere in the bleachers. They're right beside you in another realm. No, but this is, this is what is available to you, to me. So uh, we won't read any more of that. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 4.
0: Verse 1 says, um, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we think not. We received the mercy. But again, we need to know that we don't need to earn any of these things. We just need to fall in line with them, right? But we've renounced the hidden works, the things of dishonesty, and walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifesting truth, commanded ourselves to every man's confidence, conscience in the sight of God. And so, again, in order to do all that, you just have to die. Right? You don't have any other motivation but to do the will of God. He said, but if the gospel is hidden, it's hidden to those that are lost. There's a whole lost world out there right now. Because it says that the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of those that believe not. Lest the light, come on, lest the light, you are the light. Matthew 5.14 says that you're a light on a hill, a city. It can't be hidden. You're the light of the world, and you can take authority over the, the darkness because my Bible says that Satan is under your feet. My, my Bible says in Romans sixteen twenty two that the very God of peace will boost Satan under your feet shortly. You're not under his feet. He's under your feet. But if you don't take your place in him, he'll walk all over you. You know, my Bible says that I can live in a peaceful habitation.
1: But if there's chaos and strife and all that in there, it's because I haven't run the devil off. Right? Well, I'm having a problem with my my neighbors. Take authority over them in the name of Jesus. No, no,
0: you're the one in charge. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And you're priests and kings unto God, a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. you're, You're in charge. You are in charge. God left you in charge. You have diplomatic immunity as well. Your citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship is not here. Matter of fact, you're, where your weight where you is in Ephesians 2, 6, you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Where you're seated right now in here is where your weight is in the natural, but your weight in the spirit realm is seated with him. So you're seated in, in the place of honor, in a place of uh, authority, I've given you authority to tread upon the serpent and the scorpion and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing, not by any means, shall hurt you. But God, look what's happened! No, no, I gave you the authority to take charge of this, and so you got to. How long will it take? Well, He said, "You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony and loving not your life unto death." What that means is you're going to fight till the death. If you've got to fight till the very end, you're going to win.
1: You're just going to fight through whatever's going on. You don't say, well, if it doesn't change by Tuesday, I'm going to quit. <laughs> you just
0: keep fighting. They asked my pastor, Doc Barkley, one time, don't you
1: ever get tired of fighting? He said, yeah, I was tired after the first week. But what do you do? He had the benefit of three tours in Vietnam to help him understand what fight was. You
0: can't take your boots off and go lay down in the middle of a military uh, battle. But it, but, and that's what frustrates him as a pastor of a church. <laughs> he sees the church undressed. My Bible says, I have a loin belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, a helmet of salvation, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace,
1: sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. But I've got to be using it. Amen? Come on.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're reading through here. Okay, so, but our gospel, if it's hidden, it's hidden to those that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of, of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto
1: them. Hallelujah! For we preach not ourselves,
0: but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness. Where did he do that? Back in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. Genesis 1, 2, and says the earth became without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So it was a chaotic situation. Maybe you've got a chaotic situation at work. Maybe you've got a chaotic situation with your finances. Maybe you've got a chaotic situation with a marriage, with a family
1: member. But what do you do? Let there be light. So he said, this is what he said.
0: He said, he commanded the light to shine out of the darkness. He didn't say, wow, it sure is dark out here. Again, Romans 4, 17, calling those things that be not as though they were. You call it the way you want it to be. You want a peaceful marriage, you begin to speak a peaceful marriage. You can't say, well, God, that woman that you gave me like Adam did, you can't go doing that because it's your responsibility, especially the man because the woman is by nature a responder and the man is the provider. And so if the woman is responding in an ugly manner, you don't like what you created. (laughs) The man is the provider. He provides the atmosphere to the woman to grow. I don't know why I'm on that, but if, it's, if it if fits you, take it home. Yeah. But he said he commanded to light to shine out of the darkness, shined in our hearts to give the light. And now here we go to the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this transformation
1: comes by knowledge comes by revelation knowledge. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened.
0: It's not head knowledge. Not ever going to get to the glory of God by operating in your head. I don't know how many things I missed over the years because they didn't make sense to me. I was talking to Nancy Baudet on the way in tonight. I said, you know, some of the things that I used to, to mock and, and, and make fun of years ago, I don't anymore because I realized I realized one day I didn't know everything. (laughs) Have you ever got that revelation? (laughs) It's quite a thing, isn't it? (laughs) If they're not doing it my way, they're not doing it right. Do you ever feel like that? I found out there's a lot of people doing things right, but they weren't doing it my way. (laughs) And so I don't dismiss things anymore. I say, well, that's not of God because I can't find it in the Word. I realize that signs and wonders are things that you wonder what it is. And I know I've seen wildfire, too. I've been in enough need to see wildfire. But again, I would rather have wildfire than no fire wildfire. any day. Give me some wildfire, God. Bring the wild ones here. Hallelujah. Well, you turned the church into a circus. No, I didn't. You, Jesus did that in the, in, when he sent the Holy Spirit in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. That's another uh, uh, indication of, what the, of the last days because you know, Paul, Peter said, this is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. Come on. The day of Pentecost was fully come, and They were one accord in one place. There came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and filled the place where they were sitting. I don't know if they all blew over or if they just heard the wind. But there appeared unto them what? The glory. Cloven tongues as of fire and sat down on each of them. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit got, gave them utterance. And then they fell out into the street. They fell out into the street, and they didn't try to hide what had just happened in the building. They took the glory right out into the street, and some said, they're drunk. This, and Peter said, no, 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 we're not drunk. Not like you suppose. We, yeah, we're pretty loaded up, but it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. We're so full of the Holy Ghost that we don't care whether you like us or not. We're so full of the Holy Ghost that we don't care if you like the way we act or not. We're so full of the Holy Ghost that we're, we're, un, we're not unconscious. We're God conscious, but we are not self-conscious. You'll never be free until you're rid of that. You can't be free and be self-conscious. Impossible, impossible, impossible. Can't be self-conscious. What are they going to think about me? Well, they're probably not thinking about you anyway. They're so wrapped up in their own deal, they haven't got time to think about you. No, but it's true for most cases. wonder what they'll think of me. They'll forget about you five minutes after you're gone. Matter of fact, if you die, give them a year. They won't even remember you were here.
1: <laughs> Four days. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we make it to verse 7? But we... We have a treasure. We have the glory
0: in the earthen vessel. And again, I encourage you to go back and read Gideon, the story of Gideon in Judges 6, 7, 8, around there, and how God reduced his army to 300 because it wasn't about how many people were there.
1: He sent away the people that were fearful. The pandemic hit, and they all went home. No, 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 leave that alone. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he, no, he sent the fearful home because fear is contagious, like faith. And if you get if you if you get a, a, get that fear spreading, like like the media understands that now really well. If they can spread fear, they can they can hinder the world. But anyway, but, but you're fearless. So he sent the fear. They sent the fear of ones home, and then the second group that he sent home were those that were, that were inattentive. They got down on their hands and knees and lap water of the brook, indicating that they weren't really alert for the battle. But the mature ones, the 300, scooped it up and kept their eyes open. Like Nehemiah building the walls in Jerusalem. They, they worked with one hand and had the sword in the other. And really, when you read the book of Nehemiah, by the way, it's talking about building your spiritual life, the gates and all that. It's all a story on your life. It's not just a story about what happened back, five, you know, 2500 BC, it's got to do with you,
1: 500 BC rather. So anyway, um, hallelujah, what was I saying before this? Help me, help me, somebody help me. Yeah, in an earthen vessel. And
0: so the 300 that were left, they surrounded the camp of the enemy and they had the fire inside the earthen vessel. And they took and smashed the top off the vessel and lit up the horizon and defeated all the enemies of Israel. The Midianites were totally defeated in one day when the glory showed up. In 300 people. It wasn't a big army. It doesn't take a big army. It took 120 people in the upper room. What was their qualification? They were waiting on the Lord. That's it. didn't matter what their background was. They went there and waited for God to move, expecting God to move, and he did. So we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Look at this. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of man. And I, I, just, it's just fun to read the rest of the verses, even though they don't have to do with the glory perhaps particularly. But I like it in the King James. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. No, no,
1: this guy's having a bad day. Come on. Cast down, but not destroyed. (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: Come on, bring bring it on, God. No, 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 no. (laughs) Always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. For we which are alive are already delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus, come on, might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life to you. Look at this. We having the same spirit of faith, according as written, he believed and therefore he spoke. We believe and we also speak. Knowing that while we're, knowing that he that raised the Lord Jesus up will raise us also up by Jesus and present us with you.
1: Uh, verse 17. These light afflictions. He was flogged 39 stripes, I think three times
0: he was beaten with rods i may have these numbers mixed up five times and when they beat you with rods they would put your face down on the carpet lift your lift your legs up and then beat the bones of your feet until they were all broken
1: and they did that to him five times and he just kept walking on shipwrecked three times at least three maybe four Anyway, his last shipwreck. I mean, come on,
0: two hundred and seventy-five people, two hundred and seventy-six people on on a ship, and just and and they hated Paul when they when they first headed out. They didn't like him, had no respect for him whatsoever. They listened to the captain of the ship and paid Paul no mind until one day he stood up on the deck and said, "Hey, be of good cheer,s and uh, the God that I serve sent an angel to me and talked to me last night and let me know that everybody on this ship is going to be alive as long as you do." What I say, as long as you stay on the ship, and the ship didn't even make it short, it got all busted up, and they came floating into the shore on on broken boards and pieces. Because, you know, but God will get you to your destination, even if the ship is gone, (laughs) He'll get you to. But I mean, so but but here's Paul
1: saying, the these light afflictions are, but for a moment, he knew something. He knew Christ, the healer. He knew that you can break the bones of my feet today and tomorrow I'll be walking
0: somewhere else to go preach. No, no, but this is the super, this is somebody operating in the glory of God. This is somebody that was praying fervently, uh, praying, oh God, give them revelation knowledge. Strengthen them with might by your spirit in the inner man. Let them know that you dwell in their hearts by faith and they're rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all the saints, the bread, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you can be filled with the fullness of God. Let them know that as he is, so are we in this world,
1: that you may have enemies that hate you, but nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop you. Hallelujah. So these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, works, works. It works. Come on. The trouble that you're going through, look what it says here. It works for you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's no way around it.
0: You have to go through it. But you go through it knowing that there's a table before, prepared before you in the presence of your enemies. And the, and the shadow of death is not, is not physical death, it's you dying to yourself. <laughs> Oh, God, please deliver me. No. No, just keep walking, son. Keep walking, daughter. This light affliction, which is but for a moment, works in us far more exceeding. Look at this. The
1: eternal weight of glory. Somehow what you're going through is producing glory in you. Now, you, I know you can pray and squall and cry and ask God to get you out of it. But just Just die. Just say, okay, God, I'm going to spend the next half
0: hour praying for Shirley Wilson instead of trying to get out of my mess or praying in the Holy Ghost. Maybe I'll be praying in the Holy Ghost here and somebody over in in, in Ethiopia is in real trouble and ready to lose their life. And I'm praying here in other tongues and God is, and God is here and, and delivering somebody in Africa that I've never met and won't meet till I'm in heaven. Because the Bible says that when I speak in other tongues, I don't speak unto man, but unto God. And how be it in the Spirit, I speak mysteries. Come on. So there's a lot more more to you than meets the eye.
1: And then, then it tells me how to succeed in life. The next verse, verse 18. While we look not at the things that are seen, Maybe you got sickness in your body. Stop looking at it.
0: Maybe you have problems in your finances. Stop looking at it. What should I do if I have a problem in finances? I can tell you that. I worked that one out many times. Give your last dollar. When we lived over in Wildwood Boulevard, I made more trips down to that little mailbox that they used to have on the telephone pole down there. Whenever I'd run into financial trouble, which was often. Send 50 bucks to Kenneth Copeland. Send 50 bucks somewhere. Just send something out. Because I would talk about a need and God would talk about a seed. Didn't understand that concept at the time, but I found out that if I was in financial trouble, I could give my way out. I couldn't save my way out. (laughs) Hallelujah. While we look not
1: at the things that are seen. The things that I can see are temporary, subject to change. The things
0: that I cannot see are the eternal things. Uh, Just a couple more
1: verses. Uh, Let's go to to Colossians chapter 3. Yes, sir. The key to success, chapter (laughs) 3. If you then be
0: risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. Where Christ sits at the right hand of God, set your intelligence on the things that are above and not the things of the earth, for you are dead, <laughs> and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, you'll appear also with Him in the glory. That's Romans eight nineteen, a manifestation of the sons of God. Then what should I do, God? What's my part? Mortify your members that are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence or whatever covetousness which is idolatry for the which things sake the wrath of god comes upon children disobedience in the which we also walked at some time when we lived there but now so also put off all of these anger wrath malice, blasphemy filthy communication out of her lips stop lying to one and one another Seeing we put off the old man with his deeds and we put on the new man that's a new man put on the new man the spirit man put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge here it is Renewed in knowledge of the image of Him that created me, where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, black, white, yellow, or brown. Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, seething, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. So put on as the elect of God. Come on, look at what He calls you here. Put on as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Now He just said that you were a liar. He just, He just, He just. St- Gave a list of things that you needed to put off. Stop lying to one another and all this kind of stuff. And then in the next verse, he says, Put on as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing with one another and forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you, you forgive. Now, think about that. Think about how you forgave other people. Because Christ is going to forgive you the same way you forgave somebody else. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. So if I didn't do a good
1: job of forgiving my wife, then God's not going to do a good job of forgiving me. Don't forget it, she said. (laughs)
0: Above all things put on love the bond of maturity, and then let the peace of God rule. You let the peace of God be your umpire, be your guide. Whenever the, in the Old Testament they had the cloud that, that led them by day and the fire by night, you've got the peace of God. If, if the peace lifts, stop. As long as you've got peace, you can continue to go. That's how he leads you. How do you know that, Pastor? We well, are just reading it. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. One of the words there for, uh, for ruling your heart is the word where you get the umpire. Let, 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 let the peace of God let you know what's safe and what's not safe. What's the umpire do? Safe or you're out. And so when he, this is what he's saying about
1: peace. If something is stealing your peace, you better let it out. You better, you better just let it go. You're called to one body. And look at that and be
0: thankful. Every day you've got so much you can thank God for, or you can complain about the things that aren't going your way. There's lots to complain about, and there's lots to be thankful for on any given day. Let the word of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. And whatever you do,
1: in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by Him. That's how we get to the glory. It's a tall order if you try to eat it all at once. But we take
0: it one day at a time. And again, I want to remind you of 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we're being changed. Metamorphosis, from glory to glory. And the more liberty you give the Holy Ghost, the more correction and instruction he can bring, and the more you'll grow in the things of God. Come on, you know if you've been saved any amount of time. There's some people that have been saved five years that are doing super well, and then there's other people that have been saved for 30 or 40 years, and they're still in the same funk that they were in when they first got saved because they didn't allow the Word of God to work in them. that God wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you to be victorious. He never wants you to be a victim. He wants you to be the victor. And so if you're the victim, there's something that needs to change, and it's not God. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. So if he's not going to change then I'm going to. And the best way to, the best, the best, the best, the thing that works the best is getting up every day and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for another day of living. I don't know what's in store, but I know you're with me. I thank you for Psalm 27. You're on my side. I will not fear. What can a man do unto me? You're on my side. I will not fear. David said in Psalm 3, I wouldn't be afraid of 10,000 people that have encompassed about me, surrounded me. Because he said, you're my my glory. You're the lifter of my head. You're my glory. I'm not glorious, but you're my glory and the lifter of my head. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at
1: www.newcovenantchurch.ca.